<laughs> we're going to lift the Lord up together in praise. If you'd like to stand, feel free to stand and we're going to lift the Lord together. We're going to sing the song, Nothing Left of Me. It's great to um, think about how God says that we have to basically um, crucify ourselves daily, our sinful nature. And uh, we want that part to go away so that we can be more of what God wants us to be. And He wants us to empty ourselves out of ourselves so that He can fill us with His with His teachings and His ways so that we can share that to be emptied again to the world around us. That's why we're salt and light to the world, right? So let's lift them up together. We're going to sing the song, Nothing Left of Me. Three, four. Your sacrifice is brokenness, a heart that's full of tenderness. Come and break me, Lord, to seek you in your righteousness, to find you in your holiness. Come and take me, Lord, that I could learn to trust you in every way to love you. Strip away all that remains for glory in your name Till there's nothing left of me Burn the kingdoms I have made you with shining I would fade Till there's nothing left of me Your spirit is the only one that conforms me to your son Let him move in me your grace is written deep in me, you sign my heart with purity, in your holy blood, that I could learn to trust you, in every way to love you, strip away all that remains for glory in your name. Till there's nothing left of me Burn the kingdoms I have made you with shining I would fade Till there's nothing left of me Strip away all that remains for glory in your name Till there's nothing left of me Burn the kingdoms I have made you with shining I would fade Till there's nothing left of me Your sacrifice is brokenness A heart that's full of tenderness Come and break me, Lord To seek you in your righteousness To find you in your holiness Come and take me, Lord That I could learn to trust you In every way to love you strip away all that remains for glory in your name till there's nothing left of me burn the kingdoms I have made you with shining I would fade till there's nothing left of me God the glory this morning and I pray if you sang that this morning that you mean it the more we get rid of self and let Christ move in, the better our lives will be. Amen? Amen. This morning, it's good to see everybody. I praise the Lord for each one that's here. It's a beautiful air conditioning outside today that God has given us. But we're air conditioned inside as well. And God's Spirit's going to be poured out on us. So let's, let's go to Him in prayer this morning and just, just thank Him for His anointing. Father God, I just come before you this morning. I just thank you for who you are and what you are. 
And, and God is asking the name of Jesus that you just open the windows of heaven and pour out your blessings upon us. And God, we just, just give you praise and glory for what you're going to do here this day. God, I thank you that, that you are here amongst us, whether as last week the house being full or this week with a little less, it doesn't matter. You said that you would be here right amongst us. So I just pray, God, that as we lift up your name, that you will pour out upon us. And may you be able to look down and say, those are my children in Sutherland Springs. God, those that couldn't be here today for whatever that reason may be, may you bless them. May they feel your presence, and may they see you there as we see you here. God, may your will be done in God's house this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. It's good to see everybody this morning. I hope nobody uh, got had to float away last night. We do need to keep a lot of people in prayer that was in those storms. I know in Canton there were some deaths from tornadoes and such. Uh, families waking up this morning, having to come to some stark realities. Remember when your prayer times to continue to lift them up in prayer as well. Amen? But for now, walk around, shake somebody's hand, tell them it's good to see them in God's house, and we're going to praise the Lord together this morning. He came down to my level when I couldn't get up to his. The strong army lifted me up and he showed me what living is. I'll come down to your level if you'll open up the door. He wants to make your life worth living's what he came down for. If you're looking for contentment in the things that you can see, you're going to have some disappointments, won't you listen to me please? Because I know about his Savior, he came down to be a man. When he left, he sent his spirit, made me everything I am. When he came down to my level, when I couldn't get up to his, get up to the strong arm to lift me up and show me what living is. So come down to your level. If you'll open up the door, he wants to make your life worth your sins, what he came down for. Sometimes I make decisions that later I regret, but the Lord keeps on assuring me he's not finished with me yet. I don't worry about tomorrow and I don't worry about yesterday. I don't worry about this crazy world because I found a better way. He came down to my level when I couldn't get up to his. With a strong arm, he lifted me up, yeah, he showed me what living is. So come down to your level if you'll open up the door. He wants to make your life worth living, for he came down for. And he came down to my level when I couldn't get up to his. Get up to a strong arm, he lifted me up and he showed me what living is. We'll come down to your level if you'll open up the door. He wants to make your life worth living is what he came down for. I don't worry about this crazy world because I found a better way. Take a little break. There you go. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Man, there's not very many people, but it sounds like a huge crowd, huh? Okay, guys, as we gather back to our seats this morning, we have just a few announcements I want to touch on. 
first and foremost is the, the big work day that's coming up. I'm going to repeat that one to make sure everybody heard that one. No, work day. May 6th next Saturday. Yeah, there you go. Okay, you, you, come, mate, you come next Saturday and I will celebrate your birthday as well. How's that? <laughs> we'll make sure there's a birthday cake out there for whomever comes. <laughs> That's right, we're going to have a big birthday party Saturday. That's right. We'll, we'll be giving away hammers you can borrow, pressure washers, paint brushes, and the birth of work. For some, it may be a birth. No, I'm just kidding. Seriously, guys, uh, we are going to be gathering together next Saturday. I want to encourage you guys to come. Uh, we have several major projects. we got lots of things there on the list. Uh, but we're going to have a couple of pressure washers getting the church pressure washed ready to paint. Uh, we got. I need some folks to come and help Ben. Going to change out the. If y'all didn't know on your prayer list, Ben's on the prayer list for his back. He's going to be supervising changing out the bad trim and all. I need folks to come help him that can bend and stand and stuff like that. Uh, we're going to have our new ice machine going in. We got new sub panels going in. We got all kinds of uh, sheds being built. We got lots of stuff this coming Saturday. So please. I encourage you to come out, and this might be the time to invite a friend to come. You may say, well, they won't come to church on a Sunday. Get them to come on a Saturday, and they see how everybody gets along, and maybe they'll come out on Sunday, too. But this is an opportunity for us to come together and work on God's house for the getting it ready for the spring, or for the coming year, this spring work day. So that's this Saturday. Uh, keep it in prayer. If you can't be here, like I, I just heard Heath say he can't be here. If you can't be here, that doesn't mean you can't be praying for us wherever you're at. So be lifting us up in prayer that we're safe and, and getting everything done. Uh, vacation Bible School's coming up. Oh, also that Saturday. Uh, the youth will be presenting their, their fundraiser for help getting to camp. It's a garage sale. So if, again, if you have things you'd like to donate to the garage sale, get with Miss Carla on that. Uh, and, and they're going to be working the garage sale that Saturday also. Um, I think that is... Enough announcements. RA and GA registration as well is coming close. Vacation Bible School is getting close. Keep all those in your prayers also. All right, one more thing before I turn it back over to, or before I hand it over to Brian. As many of you know, Ted, we talked about it. We prayed as a church for Ted last week and everything. And uh, uh, for those that don't know, Ted had a, an accident with a tractor. Well, he's doing well and he's here this morning. Ted, come on up, brother. We wanted to present you with this. Ted fought the tractor and Ted won. <laughs> we have signed it, Ted. And those of you who are out there who want to sign it that haven't signed it yet, just give it to Ted. And Ted, you got you a new shirt here to remind you that you should stay on top of the tractor. <laughs> That's right. Instead of underneath. So this is yours, brother. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Love you. Congratulations. <laughs> so if you want a shirt, just fall under a tractor. No. <laughs> Let me pray with you, brother. You know, I've been tired before, but not in that way. Did you hear that, Ted? 
He said, uh, what was the other one you used this morning? I said, I've been tired before, but not in that way. You kind of got tired? <laughs> All right, let me pray to you. Brother, uh, Father God, I just pray for my brother and just ask in the name of Jesus that you will watch over him and help him in this time of sharing your word. May you just bless him from on high as we hear you, not him. Thank you for his willingness and his diligence to come and share with us. And God, may your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I want to talk a little bit today, uh, not about laying under tractors as much as as, as walking, <laughs> walking with the Lord. Um, if we go to Genesis, uh, Genesis, that's the second book in your Bible. That's right after the book of the table of contents. Um, Genesis 5.24, uh, that tells us that uh, Enoch walked with the Lord. Um, and uh, then we can go on to Genesis. Genesis 6.9 says that, uh, I, I don't mean go on to Genesis, we're in Genesis. We go on to 6.9. Uh, Noah and Enoch were really the only two that this was said about uh, early on there. Noah... It says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. He walked faithfully with God. Well, you know, uh, Adam walked with God, more literally. Uh, you know, he actually was there. But in walking with God, it, walking with anybody, what's the important thing if you're going to be walking with somebody? Well, one thing, you've got to both be going the same direction, right? Right? You know, if you're going this way and and the person you're walking with goes this way, you're not walking with them anymore. Okay? You don't want to get ahead of each other, do you? Um, then you're not walking. You need to communicate with each other and look at each other. If uh, if If you're walking along and you put a blinder on, so you can't see the person that you're walking with, uh, and you don't talk to them, and y'all are both start out, how long do you think it's going to be until one of you veers off? Not very long. Not very long. So, it's that way with God. We need to communicate with God. We need to be going God's direction. And we need to not try to outrun God. God's got his timing perfect and we have to look for that if we don't believe god's timing and god's will is perfect um there's a whole nother issue there for us to deal with uh, um, and i guess we do sometimes doubt that when we try to take things into our own uh under our own control and go at our own speed which is usually a little bit faster than god wants us to go um, but just remember that walk with God, same direction as God, and and uh, stay in communication with Him today. That's really all I had for today. Father, thank you for uh, for letting us come to your house. Thank you for being there to guide us, Lord, and to let us walk with you. God, it, it's wonderful to be able to walk with the God that is actually leading us. And uh, thank you for the love that you pour out on us, the gifts that you pour out on us, though we don't deserve it, God. We pray today, Lord, that you will fill us with your word, with your spirit, with your wisdom, God. And uh, 
that it will uh, that you will help us guide us to uh, to um, better serve you and to be of more use to you, God. Forgive us when we do fail short, uh, fall short of your perfect will. And I pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Bless the Lord. We're going to continue with our praise and worship service. And uh, we're going to lift the Lord up in him together. Join us as we sing, Are You Washed in the Blood? Three, four. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His graces? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? You rest each moment in the crucified. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansion bride? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin And be washed in the blood of the Lamb There's a fountain flowing for the soul on clean Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb Are you washed? In the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you Or trial or pain 
There is a faith to look more worth than gold So requine us, Lord, by the flame And I will bring praise, I will bring praise No weapon formed against me shall remain I will rejoice, I will declare God is my victory and He is here This is my prayer in the battle When triumph is still on its way I am a conqueror and co-heir with Christ So firm on His promise I'll stand And I will bring praise, I will bring praise No weapon formed against me shall remain And I will rejoice, I will declare God is my victory and He is here All of my life, in every season You are still God and I have a reason to sing I have a reason to worship All of my life In every season You are still God And I have a reason to sing I have a reason to worship All of my life in every season you are still God And I have a reason to sing I have a reason to worship All of my life In every season you are still God And I have a reason to sing I have a reason to worship and I will bring praise, I will bring praise No weapon formed against me shall remain I will rejoice, I will declare God is my victory and He is here This is my prayer in the harvest When favor and providence flow I know I'm filled to be emptied again The seeds I've received I will sow And I will bring praise, I will bring praise No weapon formed against me shall remain I will rejoice, I will declare God is my victory and He is This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart I worship you, all I have within me I give. 
Bibles this morning, turn to 1 Corinthians. Thank you guys. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10 this morning. First Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3 says this, 1 Corinthians 10, chapter 3. For although we are walking in the flesh, we do not wage war in a fleshly way, since the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to the obedience of God. Now, look at that one more time here. For although we are walking in flesh, we do not wage war in a fleshly way. Since the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, 
but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. Folks, I had a very interesting dialogue, if you will, with a young man this past week that really got to me. And I shared a little bit of this Thursday night when I was teaching Thursday night, when, we were, when I was speaking at our dinner on Thursday night. But let me say this this morning. Whether we are a pacifist, whether we are a hawk, it does not change the fact that we are at war, both as a country and as a Christian. We are at war, folks. There is a war going on around us, both physically and spiritually, on a daily basis right now. We may not be carrying weapons, physical weapons, but we are still armed as Christians. And we are armed just as it was spoken here, as Paul put out to the Corinthians. We are armed with spiritual armaments. And because of that, as Christians, we should not run and hide and live in a life of fear and put our heads in the sand. We are at war, but God has given us the implements to win this battle. Amen? And I would submit to you this morning that the battles that are being fought around the world are an ongoing war against evil. Now, you may be saying, how, could, how can I make such a, a statement such as that? How can I say that the, the physical battles, the physical wars that are going on are, are battles against evil as well? I hope and that you will hear me out through this this morning, what God's laid on my heart. But I would even go so far as to say back when President Bush was, was, was stating that Saddam Hussein was evil, he was absolutely right. Why? Because everything that he stood for was, was evil in one form or another. And it's the same thing today with the terrorist regimes that we have. They stand for evil in one way or the other. How can I say that these people, how can I say that these groups, why would I make such a, a blanket statement such as that? Jesus said, and you can go back and look at this in John chapter 8, verse 44, but when Jesus was confronting the, the people there, when he was confronting those who, who claimed to be of God, he said, you are of your father, the devil, and your desires are from your father that you want to do. He was a murderer, and in the beginning he chose to stand against the truth, just as you now choose to stand against the truth. When he speaks a lie, you speak a lie. He is a liar as you are a liar. That's what Jesus was saying to those who claimed to be of God, but Jesus knew otherwise. And he said, if you're against the Christianity, if you're going to speak against truth, then your father is not my father. Your father is of, of the earth. Your father is the evil one. Your father is Satan himself. That's John chapter 8, verse 44. Those who oppose Christianity, folks, those who truly oppose Christianity, Jesus says, is of the devil themselves. Therefore, as Christians, we have a responsibility to fight that battle. We have the responsibility to pray. We have the responsibility to lift that battle up. That nowhere should we, does the Bible say that we should cower and run? No. As Christians, we are not to, to hide off somewhere and, 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 and protest and complain and cry and whine. We are to stand our ground in Christ. The Bible says clearly in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Jesus, uh, excuse me, Paul is talking to Timothy. He's on the island of Crete. Uh, and the people of Crete were not a good people. In fact, you've probably heard 
in a, in a slanderous way, people call somebody else a Cretan. Well, that's where it comes from. It was the people of Crete at the time. These were not good people. And this is where Timothy had his church. And Paul, uh, yes, excuse me, Paul, speaking to Timothy, writing to Timothy, told Timothy that for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. In other words, Timothy's saying, how am I going to deal with these people? How, you, you don't understand this place you put me to start a church. Everything that's going on around me, these people are so evil. These people are so wicked. It, it doesn't say this, but I have to imagine maybe Timothy was kind of thinking, I just want to give up. I want to hide. I don't want to fight this battle. And Paul tells him, God did not give you a spirit of fear. Don't live with that spirit of fear. Live with the spirit that he has given you, which is power and love and of a sound mind. Folks, I would share with you this morning that God has given us his scripture. He has given us the capability and the ability in prayer to speak directly to him through the Holy Spirit. With the scripture and the ability to speak to him through the Holy Spirit, then we should be the same people that are empowered with love and sound mind. And therefore, choose not to run and hide, but to stand our ground, and thus saith the Lord. We are at battle against those who want to, to, to kill, steal, and, and, and destroy. The primary purpose of, of terrorism is to strike fear in the hearts of other people. Who else do we know in the Scripture primary purpose is to strike fear into the hearts of people? It's the evil one. It's Satan. We as Christians should not run and hide. We as Christians should not... Uh, uh, cower in a corner, folks, because of the physical battles that are going on or the spiritual, because we've been given the pre-warning. We have been given the implements of warfare to battle these things. And in so God given us these things, we should make a stand and, 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 and fight for Christ, both spiritually and physically. The ultimate goal of terrorists in the world today is to eliminate Christianity, the knowledge of the true and living God. Now, when you look at that and you put Satan around that as well, Satan is no more than a terrorist himself. The terrorists are serving their father, who is Satan, and Satan is a terrorist himself. They both want to do what? They want to go out there and kill, steal, and destroy. That's what the Scriptures say. They want to strike fear in the hearts of believers. We cannot allow that kind of fear to move into our lives to where we do not live anymore. I'm not saying that the, the terrorism that's going on in the world is, is a good thing. I'm not saying that terrorism is something that we shouldn't be intelligent about and, and think about and, and act rationally about. But what I am saying is that we should not cower in fear and lock ourselves in a room because these people are out there. They were out there when Christ was there, and he's been out there since he took on the form of a serpent and spoke to Eve. It's evil that wants to strike fear into the hearts of God-believing people so that they will doubt their God. It is a spiritual battle, whether it be in the ether or whether it be on the physical battlefield, it is a battle of good against evil. The Bible says that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The exact things that the terrorists today want to do. You can see a correlation here between terrorism and what the Bible says about the devil. That correlation is very clear because they are one of the same. Just like Jesus said in John 8, 44, they serve their father. They want to go and destroy our freedom to worship. Why? Because they know we worship the true and living God. 
And that's what was going on in the days of Jesus too. They were doing whatever they could to destroy the worship of a, of, of a true and living God. And Jesus came and said, you, you represent my Father, but you're not of my Father. Folks, as Christians, we should represent Him. We should represent His Father. We should re- represent the Godhead. And we should do so not in a spirit of fear and of cowering, but in a spirit of, of power, in a spirit of righteousness, in a spirit of love, in a spirit of sound mind. Terrorism preys on the fears of the unsuspecting. Whether it be the enemy, whether it be Satan or physical terrorists, they try to bring amongst people a, a spirit of fear so that, that, that they, people aren't are able to work anymore. They can make people so afraid they just sit in their room and, and, and worry about everything. God has not called us to do that. In fact, he told us this was going to happen. He said that the evil one was going to try to deceive us. That's what the devil does. The, the Bible says on the back of your bulletin, he, he roams around there like a, a, a lion. He's seeking for whom he may devour. He's looking for that one that, that is not putting up the fight. He's looking for that one that has given up. He's looking for that one who, who chooses to live in fear. As Christians, folks, we should not give in to that kind of terrorism. And that's what Satan is. He's a terrorist. We shouldn't give in to that kind of spirit of fear. As a Christian, I have been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of life. The enemy is full of lies. And he will use whatever media he can, whether it be uh, uh, one-on-one as a person, whether it be through our televisions, through our magazines, whatever it is, however he can communicate fear, he will do that. And it's for that reason we need to pick up the Scriptures and step back to the promises of God and realize, I don't have to be afraid. Jesus said that the evil one, he is full of lies. He's going to do everything to try to get us to believe these. Not only do the, the, the terrorists live a lie, but they try to convince others that their lie is right. And that's what and Satan wants us to hear that. The enemy wants us to buy into the lie. He wants us to believe that there is no hope. That we should just roll over and play dead. I would share with you this morning, folks, I don't care if you're 5 years old, 50 years old, or 100 years old. You've been called into battle, and you've been equipped, and you have been armed to win this battle. It's a matter of where you put your heart and your mind. Are you putting it in the truth of God's word, or are you going to put it in the lies of the evil one? You choose whom you're going to listen to. You choose whom you're going to allow empower you or depower you. Depower, if that's a word, but unpower you. It's our choice. God's given us the the armaments. Praise God, the weapons of our warfare are, are, are not carnal weapons. Let me tell you this morning, folks. We have been called to fight. And in that fight, that means we've been called to fight in the spirit. We have an obligation... Paul tells us in the book of Romans, we have an obligation to be praying for our leaders. We have an obligation to be praying for those who are fighting for our freedoms. We have an obligation as Christians to take this battle to the front lines in prayer. That is one of our greatest weapons that God has given us. And yet, as this young man I spoke to this last week, he he not only isn't going to pray for our leaders, he said he doesn't want anything to do with any of it. He's just going to sit back and do absolutely nothing. Folks, the Bible did not specify whether you liked them or not. The Bible says you pray for them, period. They would have no power but what's given onto them 
by God the Father. When Pontius Pilate looked at Jesus and said, do you not realize I have the power to condemn you or give you life? Jesus finally speaks at that point and says, you have no power but what my Father allows you to have. Those who are in power, whether it be here, whether it be in the Middle East, wherever it may be, didn't catch God off guard. He knows what's going on. Jesus warned us that in the last days there would be wars and rumors of wars. He told us that these things were going to transpire, and he, we were told to expect these things. He says, I have been persecuted, so shall you, and more so. We shouldn't be surprised and run and listen to the lies and cower in fear. We should take the weapons that God has given us, the greatest of which I believe to be prayer, and start praying for our men and women in uniform and praying for the leaders that are sending them wherever they're being sent and pray for God's will to work in there. Whether you've donned a uniform or not does not change the fact those men and women are fighting for you and I on a physical battle. We should be fighting for them in the spiritual battle that's taking place on that field. In prayer. We've been given weapons. We don't have to go down and, and get our concealed carry license. In fact, God says, let it shine. I don't have to worry about, can I get the ammo? Is, is somebody going to stop my ammo? Because my ammo is prayer through the Holy Spirit, and nobody can take that from the Father's hand. I have a weapon that no one can destroy but myself if I choose to buy into the lie. I have a weapon that is far more powerful than anything that the enemy has as long as I don't hand it over to him and choose to live in fear and cower at every little thing. God has told us the battles are here. God said that the war is going to transpire and I've given you these weapons. I've given you these things to go and fight. And folks, we need to take those things and intercede for those people who are on the the front lines of the physical battles. We should be interceding for them on a daily basis because when it's the evil ones, when it's those who are choosing to fight against and are opposing Christianity, what's the difference in that battle and the spiritual battle other than one you can see and one you can't? In case you didn't realize it, folks, there's a spiritual battle that's going on every day. Ephesians 6 says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the principalities of good and evil, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. And they're battling all around us. That battle's taking place. Whether we, whether we choose to acknowledge it or not doesn't change the fact. It's happening. Now we can try to put on blinders and act like it doesn't exist. But the Bible says the devil's out to destroy. He's out to take us down. God is on our side. God is going to fight with us in a real way. This is a, a religious or a, a spiritual war that's going on all around the world today. The forces that oppose Christ and Christianity are out to destroy any nation or, or, or people that embrace Christ and the truth. We may not have a uniform on. We may not have uh, actual weaponry in our hands, physical weaponry, shooting projectiles. But the battle is still ours. And we should be using and implementing the weapons that God has given us, which is prayer, which is interceding for our brothers and sisters, interceding for our leaders in government, interceding for those military men and women that are fighting for our freedoms, 
We are not to cower and live a life of fear. We are to live and we are to live life and live life more abundantly. You know, I looked up, and you can go and Google and search this out. There's probably more wars, but the named wars that we know of that's still going on in the world today that's that's being recorded, if you will, 39 out of 41 wars that's going on in the world today, 39 out of 41 are Muslims opposing so-and-so. 39 out of 41. There's a reason why that is. When 39 oppose Christ, there's going to be those who fight for Christ. It is a spiritual battle. It is not something we should leave them out to defend for themselves. It is something that we as Christians should be getting behind. It is we as Christians that should be getting on our knees, using the implements that God has given us to go forth and fight the battle. Now, I'm not claiming that every... Muslim wants to kill people, just like I wouldn't say every Christian really wants to save people. There's a lot of people who say they're Christians that I kind of, eh, whatever. Same thing with Muslims. They may say they are, but those who are truly living it are serving their father, the devil, as Jesus said. And what does the devil want to do? Kill, steal, and destroy, and take down any people or nation that's serving the true and living God. For that reason, I should not cower, for I know that the victory is mine. And with that victory comes responsibility, and that responsibility is to fight alongside my brothers and sisters that are on a physical battlefield by fighting that spiritual battle. Jesus warned us that the wars were going to come, folks. We shouldn't hide our head in the ground and say, oh, poor me. Now understand, too, there's a war going on in your, right here at home inside of each one of us. There's a war that rages within each one of us here. I'm not just talking about the, the terrorists overseas. I'm not just talking about the, the, excuse me, the big battles between good and evil. I'm saying that there's big battles that happen right in your own heart, right in your own mind, right here within each one of us. Those things within us that opposes the truth, that fights against spiritual enlightenment. Our carnal man is at war with the Holy Spirit within us on a daily basis, at least for myself. That thing that happens between stimulus and reaction, when something happens and you react, what's in that space? Is it the Holy Spirit and God telling you how to react? Or is it you telling you how to react? Because what you do between somebody stomping your toe and how how you react, what's in there? As Christians, we should stop and, and understand the carnal man in that space of time, that carnal man... It's fighting against the Holy Spirit of God in our mind, in our thinking. It, in fact, that carnal man is probably our worst enemy. If you turn over to Romans real quick, in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, he says this, For those whose lives are according to the flesh, think about the things of the flesh. But those whose lives are according to the Spirit, about, one, about the things of the Spirit. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. For the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit itself to God's law or is unable to do so. When we live in the flesh, we're losing the battle. When we live in fear, guess what we're living in? The flesh. When we choose to live in defeat rather than victory, we're living in the flesh. And what did we just read? When we live in the flesh, 
the flesh lives for death. To live for life, to live for victory, means to live for Christ. The enemy tries to bring this, this, this fear to our mind continuously. When we dwell in the flesh, then the lies of Satan about fear and defeat, those things are going to take hold. He wants to destroy our reason and, and kill our faith. If he can, well, as long as we're living with our mindset on Christ, he has a hard time getting in. When our, when our mind is set upon who God is and what he said he was, when I know that if God be for me, who dare be against me? When I can get these, these promises of God moving in my mind and that, that re, between, reaction, between stimulus and reaction is a godly thing, Satan can't get in. But when I'm stuck in the man, when the carnal man takes over my mind, that's when the lies of Satan start coming in. Well, why are you, you know, you should fear these people. You should fear this. Is your God really going to save you? Do you really believe God is real? If God is real, why would we have battles? If God is real, why would there be death? If God, and all these questions and all these doubts and all this, these lies of Satan start taking hold. But when I clear that out and get back to living for Christ, Thus saith the Lord. You know what happens? This shining light comes on and I start seeing the lies for everything that they are. Lies just to get me to doubt. Lies to, to try to steal my, my victory. Folks, Satan would do anything in the world he can to steal our relationship with God. He doesn't want us to have a relationship. He wants to be able to poke God in the eye and say, Ha, I stole another one. I took another one. What's Paul telling us there? He says, take every thought into captivity. Don't allow your imagination to run rampant. Don't allow your imagination to live with the, the flesh. Don't allow your mind to, to be manipulated by secular thinking. Don't allow your, yourself to be deceived by, by relative values. Stand firmly upon the word of God and acknowledge that he is whom he said he was. We must and, and choose to be the men and women that God has called us to be, which means living in victory. Yes, I know there's battles going on in the world. Yes, I know there's people dying all over the place. Yes, I know that, that war is not a, a pretty thing. It's not a good thing. But we need to stop and be ruled by godly thinking, which produces godly attributes. And when we are producing godly attributes, we are going to win the war against evil. But when you choose to let the carnal man take hold and you choose to allow the terrorists, whether they be physical ones or Satan, put you into a life of fear and denial, you've lost the battle. Now, overall, the war still is going to be won by Christ. But your portion of it, you've lost. John 16.33, you remember what Jesus said there? John 16.33, he said, These things I have spoken to you so that you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. Why? For I have conquered, or I have overcome the world. It's going to happen. Why live in fear? Be of good peace, for I have overcome the world. Folks, as Christians, we are at war, both here and abroad. There are battles transpiring on battlefields. There's battles transpiring in the psyche of every one of us in this room. Satan is doing everything he can to attack, whether it be through, through physical entities or through spiritual attacks. 
But God has laid out very clearly what He expects from us on both fronts, whether it be the, the physical warfare or the spiritual warfare. God has laid out for you and I that we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're allowed the Holy Spirit to take a hold of us so that, that, that we can to go forth and fight the battle with the spiritual weaponry. We are to be praying for those who are in power. We are to be praying for those who have put on a uniform and, and are fighting for our freedoms to pray. We should be lifting them up in prayer and taking it to Christ on a daily basis, if not an hour-by-hour basis. We should be going to the Lord in prayer. There is no greater weapon for a Christian than to know that I can pick up that, that spiritual hotline, if you will, that prayer. My brother shared with me a while ago, he's got extra padding on his knees of his overall, so he can pray all day now. Hallelujah. Every one of us should be on our knees in prayer. Every one of us should be praying for each other. Now, I'm pointing out our leaders and our men and women in uniform, but guess what? We should be praying for brothers and sisters in here that are fighting that battle. I guarantee you, without detail, just saying, just take this, just know I'm being honest with you. As your pastor, there are, there are families that Satan is attacking very hard right now in, this, in, in the church in general. There are families that Satan is doing everything he can to tear apart and destroy. You may not see it. You may come on Sunday and smile and think everything's great. And if, God, if Satan's not really attacking your family right now, praise God for that. But there are those around you he is. And again, the greatest weapon we have isn't in our holster. It isn't our concealed carry. It's the one I can let shine, and that's the light of Jesus Christ. It's taking them to the Lord in prayer. Coveting God's grace to be upon those families. As Christians, guys, bottom line is this. We are not to live in fear. Whether the terrorists are on a battlefield or it's Satan himself in a spiritual realm and his minions. I am not to live in fear. I am to live with victory. I am to live with Holy Spirit power. How do I do that, you may ask? The first thing you do, you have to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can't tap a power that you don't have. But if you, once you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then it's a matter of getting rid of the carnal man to the best of your ability. It's putting, taking and, and putting in God's hands the carnal and letting the Holy Spirit fill you up instead. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Scripture says. It says, don't, don't be drunk on the wine. Be, be, be filled up with the Spirit of God that produces the blessings that we read about in Galatians. Folks, we can live with a smile on our face even in the midst of a war zone. A peace in our heart though the, 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 the battle rages around us if we get out of the carnal and get back to the spirit. I pray with all my heart that this morning you will choose not to allow the fear to take hold in your life but that you'll choose to allow the spirit of God 
shine light on the lives of the evil one. There's, a, there's so many politicians and media outlets out there now that are, are, are spewing so much venom, venom and, and lies. And I, you know, I hate to jump on the bandwagon, but I don't know who to listen to and who not. But what I do know is my, my God is truth. My God is righteousness. Therefore, on a daily basis, I will choose to go to him and say, God, what do you say? Where would you have me to go? How would you have me to act? Who would you have me to pray for today? And you might find if you was to do something like that, you'll be praying for people you disagree with. But yet, you know, when God looked out on those people, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He prayed for those who stuck him on that cross. He prayed for those who called him ugly words. He prayed for those who spat upon him. He prayed for those who hollered, crucify him. And he said, Father God, forgive them. Folks, we are to be lifted. We should, as Christians, be living in victory with prayer. Not in defeat. And oh, for me. Now, you can do this if you know Jesus Christ. If you don't know the Lord, Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, he said he came so that whomsoever believed in him shall have life. You want that life? Admit, admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you, you have a carnal nature. Admit that you make mistakes. Admit that there's failures and sin in your life. And understand that the wages of sin is death. There is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. But my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, shed that perfect sacrificial blood. If he had had sin in his life, it wouldn't be good for us. But because it was pure and because he allowed it to be sacrificed, that was the blood atonement for anyone who chooses to be in Christ. But your choice. You want to accept Jesus, your Lord and Savior today? I'm not going to tell you to hold your hand up or say these three words. What I'm going to say is you open your heart to Christ today. Pray that prayer. And then he who professes before men, so shall I profess before the Father. Let people know. Let people know that you chose to let Jesus Christ move in your life. Now, if you do know him as your Lord and Savior, then I would implore you. Go out into this world that's getting more and more polarized, more and more divided, more and more us against them, more and more uh, uh, defeatist attitudes out there. Go out there and live a life of victory and let people know, I stand for the one true God. And he loves you just as much as he loves me. Pray for your leaders, whether you agree with them or not. Pray that they will hear God's voice and start making choices and decisions based upon what God says. Pray for your men and women that are fighting for your freedoms over here today. Well, they're fighting a war that has nothing to do with me. If our men and women chose not to fight anymore, it wouldn't be long. We would be speaking some other language, folks. Our freedom was bought with a price. The blood of men and women in uniform even overarching that with the blood of Jesus Christ is our Savior. And when we choose to live in defeat, we choose to nullify all the men, women, and Christ's 
blood that ran for us. Choose life. Choose to have it more abundantly. Let's be free in Jesus. Amen? Let's all stand this morning. I want to pray. This young man I spoke with this past week said he is a pacifist and he, he not only doesn't pray for our leaders, said he, he wouldn't pray for men and women in uniform, that his comment was that they should die over there since they wanted to take bullets with them. It broke my heart to hear those kinds of words spoken on American soil. But you know what? I still lift that boy up in prayer. He has the freedom to speak those words because men and women are putting on that uniform. Now that may be your thoughts this morning. I hope it's not, but if it is, take it to the Lord and see what God says. Ask the Lord to show you where you need to go, where you need to be, who you need to see, but most of all, who you need to pray for. And you might just find out it's yourself. Where are you this morning? Father God, I just come before you and just ask in the name of Jesus that you will be with each one of us this day and let us see that this, these wars and battles that are transpiring all around this globe today and in the hearts of men, you warned us about. You said they were coming. But you also said that you would be with us. You said that you would empower us. You gave us, Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, every implement of the armor to put on. And you said you would never leave us. You said you would be with us to the ends of time. You're going to be right there with us. Help us to understand that we are not alone. And when the, the lies of the evil one come through and they start yelling how this or how that, may we look upon them through your Shekinah glory. May we see them for what they are. The lies of the evil one to separate us from our Lord. God, I just pray in the name of Jesus both for the young men that I spoke of here, but for everyone who, for whatever reason, chooses not to pray for one another. God, may you open their heart, open their ears, open their eyes, and may they see your grace before it's too late. God, I lay this all at your feet. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God's telling you to sing, sing. He's telling you that, hey, it's time to get your life right. Maybe he's telling you to pick up your armaments. Maybe he's telling you it's time to put on the armor. You've been taking all these hits. The death of, death of a thousand pinpricks. Time to fight the fight. Stand your ground and pray for one another. Amen. As we sing. Jesus, keep me near the cross, there a precious fountain, free to all the healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain, in the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever till my raptured soul shall find.
to that river, we should be fighting the fight. Don't lay down. Don't, don't give up. Don't buy the lie. Victory is yours if you choose to be at that cross. It's your choice, your decision this morning. Fight that fight. Now, I'm not saying go out there and be militant. I'm saying in the love of Christ, he gave us the love, the power, and of a sound mind. It means go out there, like we're studying in our Sunday school class, Don't we, we are to fight tactically, strategically, through the Spirit of the Almighty God. Amen? Amen. And if you know people who are, are, are living in a spirit of fear, living in the spirit of the what-ifs, living in that spirit of this may or that may, remind them we need to live in the moment. It's not about what might come. Who cares about what might happen? This is what's happening right now. Let's get back to putting the power of God in the here and now rather than worry about what may or may not come. The only thing I know for sure that's going to come is my God said he's going to break that eastern sky. He's coming again. Other than that, the rest of it's up in grabs. Where are you at this morning? Uh, I want to encourage you to, to come this evening. We'll be finishing up the book of Joel tonight. I want to encourage you to come and, and be in that Bible study with us here this evening. Wherever you go today, put a smile on your face and live in victory. And if they have CNN or Fox or MSNBC or probably whatever acronym that's up there anymore, I don't know how many there are, just smile and nod and say, you can say all you want. My God's still in control. My God's is in control. And go there. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Absolutely. All our first responders, whether it be military, poli- police. <laughs> that was that East Texas came out for a second there. <laughs> anyway, uh, whomever it may be, uh, we need to be lifting them up in, in prayer. Amen. <laughs> Every now and then that sneaks out <laughs> there occasionally. Amen. You're absolutely right. Thank you, Mom. Continue to lift up our police departments and everything as well. Hallelujah. All right, guys. Good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Keep looking up this day. Enjoy this beautiful weather. Uh, maybe just go and sit out on your front porch and thank God for the birds that are singing and the, and the breeze in the air. Uh, after this, it's going to get rather warm. So, so enjoy it while you can. Amen? Amen. Brother Rod, will you close us in prayer and remember our police officers and all as well?
And if y'all want to sign Ted's t-shirt, come get it from me. I wish I could say I thought of that.